everyone welcome welcome um we announced this just yesterday on our instagram live and here we are actually recording following through congrats to us this is a big deal um all right so we'll do a couple of introductions to begin with um so this here my friend myra butt is uh, one of my oldest friends we probably met in our pre-teens you know the early teen years um in in high school in burnley lancashire and uh, since then, uh, Myra has evolved into a fabulous human. She went on to, you know, we did we did high school together. Then we did um, our grammar school um, together during A level time. And uh, Myra went off to law school at uh, London School of Economics. Fancy schmancy! I remember what I heard all that was. She finished law school. Um, there and uh, went on to do a master's in psychology uh, which she got a scholarship for um since then she's been the chair of a domestic violence charity and following that is currently doing project management at another charity um and also has another few scholarships uh, to, to do this journalism course that she's currently doing <clears throat> so um pretty impressive resume there myra well wow. <laughs> I'm so excited to to have you here and to be doing this together. Thanks, thanks, dear. It always, it definitely sounds fancy when you read it back like that. But obviously, <laughs> um, it is fancy. <laughs> and so, obviously, this is my friend Fadia as well. So we've known each other for, as she said, for a very long time, over half our lives now. Yeah. Um, and Fadia is also has also has a pretty fancy schmancy resume. Um, so she went to the University of Liverpool, completed med school, graduated in 2015, had two children, um, settled, started her residency in psychiatry in Seattle, Washington in 2020 at the height of the pandemic. And she has 18 months left of her residency now until she is unleashed as a fully fledged psychiatrist. So how, yeah, how you how you do all that and have two children. And a, and a full-on house and everything is 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 just amazing so yeah oh thanks well I don't do it alone but um <clears throat> so so here we are the two of us um both uh brown women um Pakistani origin um from lower socioeconomic backgrounds and now Mara's still living in the UK I'm all the way over here in Seattle Washington and we are getting together to do this because we feel we are really well positioned to talk about some really hard topics so what is kind of the aim of our podcast what is the intention with this Myra so we had quite a few conversations about what we wanted to really achieve with this so we definitely wanted to be intentional about it and it's a space really to say the things that we're all thinking and feeling but we might be too afraid to face or say it's about really seeing ourselves fully noticing our parts and piecing them together to make a whole um so as part of that we will be exploring many topics that are uncomfortable taboo and just getting ourselves comfortable with them so today's topic is on beauty which Ooh. is kind of yeah it's a, quite a loaded topic it's, I think it's quite emotive for people I think we all have opinions perspectives feelings about it um and it all started from your from your AI avatars, didn't it, on social media? Yeah, so this new app came out um, and you can upload your photos to it and it generates like artificial intelligence generated pictures of you. Um, so I thought that was really cool and posted um, some of the avatars that this, this app generated for me. And they were pretty regal and they looked kind of cool. Um, and I got loads of comments on this um, about like, whoa, that, that looks so cool and you look so cool and mine would never turn out like that. And, oh, I, I, I don't feel like doing this because mine wouldn't be as good as yours. And, and then I started to notice that there were lots of undercurrents about the way people view themselves versus the way people view me. And, and that, you know, I was kind of being put on a bit of a pedestal as if I had some kind of attractiveness or beauty or something that lots of my followers felt that they didn't have or couldn't attain or something like that so there was like undercurrents of 
what we thought about ourselves you know and what we thought about beauty related to ourselves kind of coming through all those conversations after I posted those avatars yeah so that's what it was yeah and we, we obviously started to have a conversation about this as well and just naturally it was like this has to be our first topic because there's already so much um there to discuss and there's there's already been so many conversations around it on our pages as well we grew up together so I had a very um I I was I was very much a tomboy um Mm. when we were when we were kind of besties in high school and you know I think visually we were very very different so I was definitely a tomboy I remember having like mud until my knees like trainers Mm. like just would not just did not come into or even have any consciousness of beauty until later definitely became more conscious of like femininity and beauty etc later on in life um Mm. but I think when you would when we were having conversations about some of the responses you'd had to your AI pictures um you know we started to have a conversation about what it was like when we were growing up too so obviously me I was a tomboy Badia was into her fashion she was has always been mashallah a very confident person um and obviously that's not to say that you've not had to work for that confidence as well and you know there's I'm sure we will delve deeper into that in another in another podcast I'm sure um but you know and I think it was quite it was quite um it was quite it was interesting being like close to somebody who is perceived as beautiful in that way um and you were often complimented on on obviously on like the way that you look and like your style and your and your confidence and that type of thing um so that was that was interesting and also um when i say talk about confidence Badia also that you also felt quite beautiful as well and we're going to we'll unpack this, we'll unpack this as well but we'll unpack this as well but I remember when we, we went to um college together and Badia went from being like I guess a big fish in a small pond to like a a, a pond where like they, everyone was a big fish I guess and it was like the her first reaction in the first week was what the hell is this I'm not the prettiest one here and I can't believe I said um, that out loud yeah. <laughs> but we we went from that high school that was really kind of like um pretty low socioeconomic status most families going to the high school we were at were from you know deprived backgrounds and then you know we had worked hard we got these grades and we entered into a grammar school to do our a level so between ages 16 to 18 we went to like a fancy schmancy school and all of a sudden I, I noticed that wow these people they all work hard and they all do well and they're all from wealthy <laughs> wealthy backgrounds and or not necessarily wealthy but you know stable um not chaotic like where we were coming from um and so I did feel out of my day to being kind of top of my game but I was top of my game in a school full of people who couldn't give that much value to education just because of you know all the other things happening in their lives (laughs) but it was always an interesting interesting thing when it comes to the beauty side as well is because we'll we are going to talk about this a bit later on but you know sometimes there's a lot of beauty that is about money and it is about comfort you know like if you're tired and you can't sleep and you don't have food at home and you can't afford clean clothes you're not you're not going to be you're not going to feel very attractive and whereas you know if you're kind of you know you've got all the nice clothes and you've got a, a beautiful diet at home and you've got you know the chance to really explore different styles and aesthetics and you're naturally going to be able to really lean into your own unique version of like attractiveness which I think we definitely mm. noticed at, at our college um where people were more affluent and they were more able to like just have the time to be to look look and feel pretty you know yeah they had the, the bandwidth for it you know I believe that I really had um an attractive face I was told this <laughs> like you know as I was kind of going through puberty and stuff my face got me you know got me far my body was a different issue but my face was pretty good and so you know I did feel confident about that and all of a sudden I was thrust into an environment where everybody was you know gleaming and uh and I just felt like like a regular Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think it's interesting because we've also talked about kind of confidence a little bit and colorism uh well we 
one of the things that we have talked about before this podcast as well is things like the fact that you know you were light-skinned you often had like these comments like that you know oh Badia you look Arab it's so it's so attractive it's so beautiful etc and you know so much of so much of the discussion around especially in high school is so constructed and it's so like it's what we're socialized to kind of view as attractive as well and so we talked about colorism like how you might have had a different experience if you were if you were if you had darker skin or if you Mm. had um you know like if you had different if you didn't have as much access to like fashion or like if you were less confident if you you know all those things kind of play play into it so we're we're definitely conscious of you know like this the the so the socioeconomic context of all of these things um no absolutely and I think the colorism is a really big thing because people would be in disbelief when I said that I was Pakistani and I don't know why it would really annoy me actually I don't know why people were in such disbelief because Pakistanis are not homogenous they look you know from from north to south there's a big um, difference in in the way they look but I did I did know quite early on that um, my skin tone had a lot to do with the perception of beauty that people had a lot of the compliments um, that you'd get would be around like this whole Arabization of like how you were do you do you remember I mean yeah it's quite, yeah it's quite it's quite interesting when you look back because now it's, people are more open to talking about these things but at the time you were the you were like one of the few ones in the school that looked didn't look like the rest of the Pakistanis or you know whatever um and there were there were obviously other attractive people as well or like other people who had who were more like kind of conscious and were complimented as well um but they didn't necessarily always get the whole arab like thing and it's and you i find that really interesting in and of itself because it's kind of like arab was a compliment um like if you and i don't know if you remember but people would um people would use like the, the term bengali de- like pejoratively and like in a derogatory mm. way like oh she doesn't look pakistani she looks bengali and she doesn't look pakistani she looks arab like it was like this hierarchy and it's so mm. linked with like colorism and and class and all these other things as well because the bengalis or pakistanis they were seen as like poorer or like less less you know less attractive less exotic less less sexy or whatever but arabs mm. were like these kind of you know light-skinned um more attractive they were perceived as more like attractive because I think that's the thing like Arabs have like that proximity to whiteness as well don't they where they can be like kind of they can be white passing they can be um they can kind of they can be a what's the word racially ambiguous and there's definitely colorism and even I think probably aspects of like you know weird distortions of religion maybe in there as well yeah you know? no I, that's so true actually because our arabs also people think of them as like more muslim like more authentically muslim it's kind yeah. of like how a lot of black muslims you know they get they get they they often they often talk about how they have to kind of people always ask them have they converted when maybe you know they've had generations and generations and generations of like muslims in their family or like they've always been muslim even before maybe we've been you know maybe a lot of like pakistanis have been muslim and then you know especially like for example some somalis may get oh like when did you convert and they're like mate i was I've, i've always been i've always been i've always been muslim but arabs have like that thing where people think oh they've they're like the the they're the real muslims you know yeah exactly so, um, yeah, and I guess, you know, even whether the, the beauty standards were appropriate or not, you know, people calling me Arab and light skinned and thinking that I was good looking. Ultimately, I think it did add to my confidence and it did feel mm. like I was good looking because of all of that. Do you see what I mean? So whether it's right or wrong, um, it did help to develop develop a sense of self and a sense of confidence in me. Looking back, if you unpack it all, you're like, well, a lot of that is actually quite toxic, but yeah I mean it's it's still done wonders for for my (laughs) self-esteem yeah and I think that's really important as well because I think you know we talk about pretty privilege and we talk about like beauty as a privilege and and all of these things as well and like being able to conform to whatever community you're a part of if you can conform somehow to what their ideal version of beauty is you treated better you know you you do it does affect your confidence you do think you know what actually this is one less thing I have to think about especially for women because it's something that we're constantly bombarded with but we also talked a little bit about 
you know, people like Marilyn Monroe and Beyonce and how they have these alter egos that they can lean mm-hmm. into um, for confidence. So Marilyn Monroe, um, there's a story of her walking. I don't know how true this is, but it was all over TikTok at one point. Um, but there's a story of her walking down the street in New York with her friend. And, you know, no nobody's noticing that it's Marilyn Monroe. She's just walking down the street and she's telling her friend how much she likes being in New York because she's like, you know, no one bothers me here. Everyone just kind of leaves me alone. And then she turns to her friend and she's like, do you want me, do you want to see me become her? Do you want to see me become, you know, the icon, Marilyn Monroe? Yeah. And mm. she's like, okay, um, yeah, sure. And so she switches something off inside, she or switches something on inside her. And all of a sudden, her, this friend who was there, she was like, she was saying, you know, cars started stopping. People started noticing her in the street. People started to like gravitate towards her. Um, and, you know, it was very much this conscious thing of she switched it on. And we were talking about how Beyonce has a similar thing with Sasha Fierce. It's like, she's Beyonce, this normal girl. Uh, well she's never normal but... <laughs> not normal <laughs> <laughs> never yeah but um but then she switches on Sasha face and all of a sudden she's like this diva and this goddess and this like you know um yeah and just that ability to be able to switch on this confidence or this sex appeal or how does that happen like do you just say do you know what screw it I'm gonna fully embody this right now and somehow you just lean into it and then people like notice it's wild that the kind of vibes that you're able to send out when you decide consciously because Sasha Fierce is is a conscious you know alter ego Marilyn Monroe consciously was able to switch on this sex appeal so what what is it that what is it that you're emitting for people to notice you all of a sudden you are not that noticeable yeah, I find that I find that whole thing fascinating. I also read this thing about Marilyn Monroe would like daydream at night. Oh, well, not daydream, but like she would she would visualize herself as being beautiful, and she, it was this it was this very conscious thing. She didn't just wake up one day and was pretty. She very much like honed it, and like like you said, she had she kind of switched this thing on where all of a sudden other people could notice it too. I don't know what that. What do you think that thing is? Do you feel like you notice? I mean, I definitely can feel a difference. Be- I definitely can feel the difference between feeling attractive and not feeling attractive and the difference it makes on the people around me. But it is interesting because I think a lot of us, we do have insecurities. Beyonce, Marilyn Monroe, you know, they are very actively deciding to shed whatever insecurities or imposter syndrome or whatever they might have and just fully embrace a confident woman persona. Um you see what I mean? It's kind of like, all right, I'm just going to quieten the rest of my mind and fully, it, you know, just go for it um, and not and not be kind of like riddled with all the things I really think about myself. Uh, yeah, I think that's really interesting because I think there's an element of almost performance as well that's involved yeah. in beauty because it is so, it is about an aesthetic. It is about the way you carry yourself. There are things like you know posture and adornment and when we adorn ourselves with like beautiful things and like when we when we when we express ourselves in clothes or in makeup um there's definitely an element of almost putting on a mask is it possible to feel beautiful as a constant you know because mm. this came up on my social media as well where people were like there's times of the month I feel more more beautiful when I'm ovulating I feel like a goddess you know and then other times where I feel like absolute shit so is it possible though to have a constant just baseline feeling of no I, I am beautiful you know but I guess you know what I, what I guess the feeling of beauty is different to the belief of beauty and if you're kind of looking to feel beautiful well feelings are something that are you know fluctuating um, they're not constant they kind of pass through you a feeling passes through you right but a belief like the belief that you are beautiful is something that can be sustained um and uh, and a kind of baseline position for you to operate from you want to feel beautiful you can put on the makeup you can put on the performance you can step into that persona you can go to that job interview whatever and feel beautiful be beautiful for that time period right but then you go home and all your insecurities wreak havoc again you know but I just wonder if there's a way to be like 
no I'm like I'm I just really am beautiful and when I, I when I add makeup to it and for me like I do feel like genuinely like I am beautiful as a constant doesn't matter what time of month doesn't matter if my face has you know the mild to moderate inflammatory acne all over it which is something I have um like I'm like my baseline is beauty and when I when I decide to amp it up or, or add makeup or dress up then I'm really kind of just playing I get to play and I get to you know um and I'm not I'm not putting makeup on to feel beautiful I'm putting makeup on to kind of create a, you know a, a vibe or a look so it, it, I feel like it, it's a different way of operating um from baseline beauty because then everything else just feels like play and feels additional rather than trying to attain beauty what you're kind of talking about as well is very much this idea of beauty as um as a virtue in itself like it's almost a spiritual concept it's this it's this form of like self-acceptance and self-love and just almost gratitude for for your form for your physical form like the form mm. that your soul has decided to take in this in this life um and it's and it's kind of trying to like almost emanate your your spirit through your your physical form so it's so much more than just um like you said the performance the adornment stuff that just all comes afterwards but there's something so much deeper and more like radiant almost that everyone can have access to yeah I guess I'm operating from a position of soul soul dimension rather than physical dimension because if I really wanted to pick apart myself on in in the physical I could do that to the end of time yeah but but why you know and I think as well like just USA UK um the the beauty is kind of like beauty for the consumer if you open Mm. your social media there's going to be like I use this product I use that product and there's just like marketing and beauty is being sold to you you know do you see what I mean so yeah and as much as I buy into it because god knows how much makeup (laughs) I have skincare stuff I have it's ridiculous um and it's fun but it's not I'm not really you know buying into it to to feel beautiful do you see what I mean I like yeah my in my mind my my beauty is confirmed and it doesn't really matter what the perception is out there think I am beautiful or not in my mind my beauty is a confirmed thing is that weird no no (laughs) it's a deeper approach than the usual superficiality that we normally associate with beauty which is very much this it's almost like this anatomical um, is the face symmetrical? Is the body in proportion? Um, is the is the are the lips beautiful? Are the teeth perfect? It's this very like clinical way that society treats beauty. It's like it's very surgical, but you're mm-hmm. talking about something that's a lot more fluid and it's more about life and it's more about it's kind of the the type of beauty that you might see in nature. It's you know you might see, um, you know I mean we see animals and we see trees and we see. Um, we see we see we see all these forms out in the natural world and we think that they're beautiful even if they're not perfect like a a tree that's all gnarled and twisted we actually find more beautiful because it's it's got its own character we don't look we don't want to see a tree that looks like plastic like a plastic lego yeah and I'm saying like beauty as a constant right so for instance beauty standards are always changing right right now we've got Kim Kardashian so brunette and you know um, curvy standard right but these things are always changing what happens if you don't fit it right now but then I know, but did you hear there's, there's like heroin chic now like that's apparently back on the back in the back in the world like it's heroin not chic. the kardashian heroin chic it's like apparently you know like back in the 90s and early to early noughties they they used to be this aesthetic of very skinny and they used to call it it's derogatory but heroin chic it's almost like they look emaciated they look like they're addicted to heroin Um, yeah and apparently that has that is back on the that is back on the scene and so there's been this like big discussion about all this time people have had like brazilian butt lifts and implants and the all these things to look um a certain way now all of a sudden you know the media or whoever decides these things decided actually no we're going back to skinny and heroin chic supermodel look you know see that's just sad because people people can't keep up and no. it's it's just sad like they're constantly in a 
a state of not feeling beautiful enough. And it seems like these beauty standards are just on a pendulum, absolute pendulum, swinging this way, swinging that way. I mean, how many times am I going to visit my surgeon to have my butt implants removed and put back in and then removed? (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's taxing. It is so taxing to try and keep up with beauty standards. So can we just consider ourselves the beauty standard and we feel completely completely sure that our beauty is already confirmed and I think obviously I'm going to bring a bit of a cynical side into this as well um which is you know I think there's also the reality of beauty as being a privilege and being being power um you know there's many people out there who say a woman being beautiful is like a man being rich I mean I personally have a less um, less of a spiritual take on beauty I think of it as very practical so we've talked about this and for me like I've not really I find fashion exhausting mm. so for me it's like I, I'm like I like I love the Steve Jobs idea of having a uniform and having a few outfits that you can just put together a capsule wardrobe capsule collection whatever and everything matches with everything else and I don't have to think about it in the morning and mm. that's what I do and I consciously remember going from being a tomboy to being more feminine because I felt like it was important um, to be taken more seriously, which is really ridiculous. And I know that I kind of sold out there um, because, you know, I was just like, oh, you know what? This will just make my life easier and I'm going to do it. And I did start to enjoy it. And I, I really did lean more into, um, you know, femininity and all of those things. But I still will never, ever be one of those people that is just loves fashion and like keeps up with the trends and wants to try all the all the multicolored things. I just will always want to take my time on my makeup, take my time on my hair, and then just wear a black outfit. You know, like that's and and even that I will literally do because I need to function in society. And if I went out in my pajamas, it would not be it would not be appropriate. And that's mm-hmm. and that's so there's like a practical element of grooming as well. Like I remember there's this quote by Coco Chanel where she's like, you know, if you're badly dressed then people won't people will be too distracted by your by by the way that you look um whereas if you're just if you're just dressed appropriately then people will care what you what you have to say and that's this is a very cynical way Mm. of looking at beauty um but there is also power associated with it i think the fact that it's become so consumerist is really interesting as well like you know you know we're talking about botox and clothes and all these like image there's all these imitation designer goods out there and all these ways that people are, I mean, people who are like 19, 18, like Gen Z, a lot, lot more younger younger people are trying to dress like grown women, you know, like 35-year-old mm. women with like little bags and little heels. And it's, <laughs> it's really interesting. Like, it's like they're, they're literally out trying to dress. And there's this whole, um, there's a whole other aesthetic about dressing like a middle-aged woman. I mean, there's so many aesthetics out there. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's like, a, there's a practical element to, um, just being presentable you know and just it doesn't mean that you have to be like a goddess and you have to look like a supermodel but just this whole element of like slightly com- slightly conforming just to just you know just to make just make, makes life a bit easier I mean a really good example of this is Cardi B when she was a stripper so this is how mm. this is obviously I'm not a stripper but this is genuinely this is genuinely how I see this is genuinely how I see my journey with with beauty is she was like in the strip club and she noticed that okay these girls who had bigger bums and bigger boobs than her they were getting more money and she was like do you yeah. know what this is affecting my this is affecting my ability to make pee to make cash and you know what if that's what it takes and that's what it takes I'm gonna go and get my I'm gonna go get a bum implant she went to like some basement place apparently they injected lit- literal cement oh, um it, it, yeah apparently I mean apparently she's she literally said in an, in an interview that her bum could burst at any time and you oh know she, she does not know what is in there and then you know eventually obviously she got her teeth done and she she was very conscious throughout it she was like you know this is literally just a business decision it is not a it is not because I subscribe to these aesthetics or whatever she was like this was just simply to make me more money and you know it's, it's one of those things that I often think about as well where I'm like you know maybe my life might be easier if I just got a nose job I would never do it just because I have that ethical thing in my head where I'm like don't cave don't cave don't cave like just don't do it but you know I'm like you know because I have a very Pakistani looking nose 
and I love it and you know I've come to love it more as as the years have gone on but it's just I don't see pictures like that in the media so I always I always have a filter on it just makes it a little it's one less thing to think about so there's also this kind of really practical like pragmatic way of looking at um looking at beauty as well and it is a source of privilege and power and I think you know yeah it's it's almost like you know like that you've seen those memes where people are like uh saying that this type of puberty when they look at Kylie Jenner is called money and there's this way of like you you know yeah it's it's kind of become it's it's kind of people want to not just look beautiful they want to look rich they want to look like they have made it you know so I think that's a whole other interesting um dynamic no, absolutely. I think what you've touched on as well is just that, you know, there's the feeling of beauty and then there's like the the thinking behind the beauty, like in a more logical, you yeah. know, pragmatic way of like, actually, my beauty is a type of capital for me and yeah. I need to be able to utilize it in this way and that way because it will actually help me get further. And, you know, people who are more attractive tend to get um tend to get you know into medical school and tend to do better in interviews get jobs and you know being attractive yeah, somehow that, is a magnetic thing and people mm. want to kind of offer themselves to you more when you yeah. are attractive and they've done so many studies on this right so there's some there's something called the halo effect which is that people who are seen as more conventionally attractive do get how do have better relationships they do have more do they do get promoted more they do earn more money they do have more access more opportunities um they are helped out more i mean there's so many there's so many examples like people have done like social experiments on youtube and everything as well of like um you know somebody who's very conventionally attractive goes on a bus and pretends that she's forgotten her her money at home the driver's like oh don't worry it's fine you know you, you get on it's fine and another normal so-called normal looking person goes on and he's like no sorry you can't get on this bus because xyz and they've done these they, they've done these experiments like actual you know academic experiments as well not just on youtube where you know people have um rated um beautiful people as less likely to commit crimes it affects the way that people are perceived in the courtroom it affects the way people are perceived in the workplace that they're more likely to be in leadership positions because people seem to trust people more who are beautiful um so there's there's all these practical like dimensions to it where there's actual concrete evidence to say that if you if you are more attractive in the eyes of society then you will have it easier and you will have more stuff you know yeah it's like the world is kinder to you simply mm. because you are more attractive or more beautiful. And that's not really even something that you, you know, that you manage. That's not something that you're even fully in control of. Um, but then that ability to present yourself in a certain type of way is likely to actually get you further. Mm-hmm. So um, beauty is in a pragmatic way as well. It makes sense. And, th- and recently I heard about this like red nail theory. If you have red nails, then you're more likely to... Um, become wealthier or something like that oh my god is that a thing interesting i've got red nail polish on right now and um, (laughs) i might just keep it (laughs) but one of my favorite favorite videos that i see on instagram um are basically the ones where you see like a native american with their with their side profile or an indian or somebody with their side profile oh yeah and then they show you Mm. all the the pictures of their ancestors on a side profile with their noses and I'm just like, look at that. Look at that. that that's beautiful. Mm. That's your whole lineage, your whole ancestry, your, you know, your predecessors are in, living in your features right now, you know? So to kind of like, to go and, you know, get nose jobs and have a more Eurocentric, you know, type of nose, it's kind of like erasing, erasing yeah. the beauty of your heritage. And, um, this is my thing about like feeling constantly beautiful feeling you see what i mean on a on a much deeper I mean, so level it's, it's 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 so it's so um it's it is, it is a paradox yeah appearances yeah. matter and i think mara you were saying this before about um when we were talking prior to this podcast about um you know if you can wholeheartedly accept yourself and the way that you are and feel beautiful in that you give permission to other people that look like you to feel beautiful too so it really is like it's 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 bigger than yourself in a way do you see what i mean because you're talking yeah, about not absolutely. having representation not seeing people with with your nose out there but if you can be that person exactly i mean exactly yeah exactly i mean this is the this is where my therapist would call this holding the tension of the opposites where on one side i'm like 
oh my god it would be so easier if I just look like a basic bitch and then I could <laughs> I, you know and then like everything would just be easy but on the other side it's like I've got the, this um thing of no beauty as a form of service like accepting the way I look as a form of service I wrote an article about this like a, a few like I think it's a couple of years ago now um but yeah what you Mara, about... you are always one step ahead of the game we know that no <laughs> no, no no but it was it that actually you know why that conversation came about for me I was in the middle of um I was in the middle of um a, a social gathering of many aunties from a different culture to mine and they were laughing at the fact I had no boobs and I was just so pissed off when I went home. I wrote this article and sent it into um, the thought catalog about ways to appreciate your outer beauty. And one of the things, one of the points that we were just talking about was beauty as a form of service. Like when you feel beautiful or when you accept, when you don't accept the way you look, you're kind of saying to everybody. So I, if I don't accept the way that I look, I'm telling everyone who's got a nose that actually you're not attractive. It's mm-hmm. not beautiful. Um, and like you said, you know, whereas if I accept it, I'm saying I'm actually feeling beautiful as a form of of serve we were talking about how people associate it with arrogance and like oh if you think you're beautiful then you're like arrogant or if you're you're up yourself but actually it can be the highest form of service especially if you're like a woman of color if you're like a brown woman a black woman a woman of you know another ethnicity who's not white it can be very revolutionary exactly it really can be revolutionary to to love yourself and show that you love yourself and people just notice that that kind of power that you have and it's it's magnetic um in the past um my my father gives me this lecture very frequently every time I did well on exams he'd give me a big lecture about how not to let this get to my head and how not to become arrogant because arrogance is one of the most like despicable uh, sins that you can kind of you know commit in Islam in the religion of Islam right so I always had lots of lectures on arrogance from my dad and I was like wow maybe he thinks I'm arrogant because he keeps giving me the same lecture (laughs) you know and I think over the years, I've just started to to notice more and more that it's not arrogance. It's like sense of self. I've I've always had a feeling of sense of self, some kind of, you know, grounding. And I give, uh, I owe a lot of that to my early life experience, I think, where I was nourished and protected and safeguarded by all of my aunties and uncles. Um, even though my mom, you know, had some mental health, she had schizophrenia and still grapples with that. But um, her her side of the family really took over. And uh, somehow I, I just developed that sense of self. You see what I mean? And yeah. so now I'm noticing that people might think I'm arrogant or call me arrogant, call me vain or whatever. But that's not actually a reflection of who I am. It's a reflection of their insecurities that seem to pop up when they notice something about me. So that's that's their issue, really. Like, how is that my issue? So, so I think I think women get this a lot as well because we're taught to be like good and to be like humble and to like have no personality, really. Basically, arrogance is about feeling like you're better than someone else, right? And we're not saying mm-hmm. feel better than someone else. We're we're basically saying just feel good in yourself, like feel yeah, yeah. feel good about you, enjoy yeah. you, enjoy it, you know. Um, and I just remember as well, growing up, a lot of times I would get the word that oh, you are intimidating intimidating right and then recently on social media i saw some something about no i'm not intimidating you are intimidated yeah you know it's it's not actually something that i'm emitting it's something that you are feeling and i can't be held responsible for your feelings and your emotions that's something you need to notice inside of yourself and kind of figure out where that's coming from or what you can do about it but it's absolutely not my burden to bear you know if you find me intimidating I'm sorry for you. That's not that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I'm trying to do. This is one of those things again where you can't win. Like you know, I I get this. I have often been told this as well about being intimidating or being arrogant or or whatever. I mean, I've had arrogant less, but I've had this intimidating thing a lot. And it's like if you're if you're loud extroverted, then it's like oh, you're really intimidating because you're loud extroverted. If you're not, then if you're if you're quiet, if you're not that interactive or whatever, then it's one of those things where it's like oh you're aloof you think you're better you think you're too good to interact or you think you're Mm. too you know whatever so it's like you just can't you just can't win either way so just there's going to be people out there who are not going to like you regardless and literally like at this point does it matter Mm. (laughs) (laughs) one of the things is that in our current society you know there's a big emphasis on the physical like it that is the emphasis working out this diet that diet you know 
this uh, this contour, this highlight, this hair accessory. Do you see what I mean? It's very mm. like physical, physical. And I'm just wondering if we can operate from a different dimension. Do we have to stay in the physical? Do we have to stay like? Do we have to stay where everyone's trying to keep us at? You see what I mean? Yeah. Or can we just decide that this is all fun and games? This is nice. Yeah, I'll I'll buy that skincare. I like the look of that. I like the smell of that. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But but I'm not operating from this this level, and it's it's just not. Yeah, something. I think. I... But then you're talking more about spirituality, right? We're talking less about being in the physical now, and mm-hmm. how can we take it a step further and and be beautiful from a spiritual perspective? What yeah. does that even look like? I think one of the early philosophers, I think it was Plato, he he was saying he talked about beauty as this kind of reflection of an ideal. So that he had this idea that like there was a realm where there were perfect forms like heaven or something, like we'll just we'll just imagine it as heaven. And mm-hmm. you know, the beauty that you saw in a flower was a reflection of like an ultimate beauty that was that the flower was just a small reflection of. Um, and you know a person was the same thing so a person was like a reflection of like the ideal the perfect person Um, or it was they were a small part of like a much much more perfect you know ideal and we have a similar thing where we have you know we have this idea that you know the rivers in heaven are unlike the rivers in 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 the real world or in this world and the same with you know food with beauty with men with women with um with people when we're struck by beauty it does remind us of something that's not really in this world like the real type of beauty like if you do see a sunset or if you do see you know your your husband or your child or whatever when and you just you're kind of struck by their beauty it just it kind of tapping into something that's just so much more eternal it's like there is this intrinsic um draw to beauty where we Mm. are drawn to it um yeah and it makes me think of like the most beautiful prophet in the history of islam which Mm. is yusuf yusuf joseph right and um it it was it was said that he was given um what was it like like everybody on in the planet and the world was given like one percent of god's beauty or something but yusuf was given a large percentage <laughs> like, I, can't <laughs> I can't remember the exact uh, thing but he, but he got know, he got the he got the most <laughs> yeah yusuf is the most beautiful thing the world has be- ever beheld right and uh, there's that story of him uh walking into to the court uh, and and a bunch of women who were cutting onions literally cut their own fingers because they were so distracted so struck by his beauty um so there is something that is just appealing and attractive and awe-inspiring about when we behold beauty, when we experience beauty. Um, and indulging in that experience of beauty isn't like a, a vanity thing. It's, it's like a human thing. Mm. Um, enjoying beauty is, is really like a profound thing. It stirs something in the soul. And I think, you know, artists do this, musicians and um you know, people who are creatives seem to be in touch with this concept of stirring the soul through something beautiful. You I know? love that. Yes, I really agree with that. I really, I really can feel that actually. Um, and I just love all of that. And what I found really interesting was that Yusuf was also hated, wasn't he? He, everyone, he like, he really drew and he kind of garnered a lot of envy for his, for his beauty as well didn't he if I'm thinking yeah yeah he was he was so beautiful and you know he rejected the the wife of the uh of one of the the big shot people uh, in in Egypt back then um and she was she was really really stunned that he rejected her because she was such a fancy schmancy person herself and he was like a young kid who you know why would you why would you say no right mm. but um he 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 operated from a different level too and even though he was gifted with all this beauty uh, it actually got him into a lot of trouble he ended up being put into prison because she was really wanting him to um to engage uh, in some type of sexual you know uh, encounter with her and he refused and she felt ashamed and ended up throwing him into in jail for it so his beauty actually brought about a lot of heartache for him it was a bit mm. of a curse in a in a way 
but at the same time, um, even though he was so beautiful, he didn't operate on a physical level. He operated on, on a different level that he was able to, you know, n notice that he this was not aligned with his values or he had different principles. And, and even though there was a big pull to be in the physical moment with, with that woman who was coming on to him, he, he decided that there's something more actually I'm not going to operate from this level even though it is so you know alluring so his story is just his story is incredible because it's really somebody who you know we'd all kind of aspire to have that kind of beauty right but he had it and he still didn't uh, didn't operate from the level of his physical beauty you see what I mean he didn't really lean into it that much he still somehow transcended that and operated from a higher level I mean and most that of is most yeah. of us would just be like, oh my God, we're so beautiful. We can do whatever yeah. we want. <laughs> I always used to say that God did not give me boobs for a reason because he knew, he knew, he knew I would. God gives us what we can handle, I guess. So he the story of Yusuf he gives is us what you can handle. He, he knew that, you know, if she has boobs, she's probably just going to, you know, she's going to be very conscious of them. <laughs> she's she's going to be a man eater. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and also, so the story of Yusuf is really amazing when it comes to talking about beauty. And honestly, we should have, we could have delved into that a lot more. But the other thing is, you know, inna allaha jameel wa yuhibbu jamal. That's, a, that's an Arabic phrase for, indeed, God is beautiful and he loves beauty. So if God is beautiful and he loves beauty, how can that really be a negative thing? How can, how can us indulging in experiencing beauty... Uh, or feeling beautiful ourselves, how can that be vain? How can that be arrogant when we, when our God is beautiful and our God loves beauty? When we, if we call ourselves ugly or if we call ourselves unattractive, we're almost saying that we, as as the creation, are are kind of flawed, and which we are. We're all flawed, but we're kind of saying something. We're kind of making a big, big kind of big ass judgment and saying actually you know i remember writing about this a while ago as well but we're kind of saying oh yeah okay yeah god like you know you know that you created you know the rings of saturn and the sun and the universe and like supernovas and you know exploding wow. stars yeah. and all these things and mountains and whatever but like you kind of messed up on my nose and okay, <laughs> and my you know my like my belly or whatever whatever it is we're like you know yeah all of these things are amazing but you just kind of could have done this better do you know what i mean Oh my god! I it like, sounds really disrespectful, actually. <laughs> when you put it like that. I remember one of my this guy I used to work with at Subway. He used to, he used to say, you know, he he had this belief that everyone was had their face for a reason, and it he didn't delve into it. But I just loved that. I was just like, you know what? He never used to. He was not he was not somebody who was like a navel gazer or like really used to think a lot or whatever. But he he just randomly came out with this one day, and I was just like, that is so freaking true and it just always stuck with me it's true it's like it, it is this way for a reason right there must be something to it yeah Which and it, it seems it feels almost like blasphemous to be like wait a second the 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 you know the creation which is my physical form isn't quite appropriate or yeah. or or I feel you know I don't know maybe there's a disconnect like people feel beautiful in their soul but they're not beautiful in the physical form or I don't know though if you feel beautiful in your soul then your physical form is almost falls away um mm. and the focus just isn't that anymore and you know Roald Dahl has that famous saying oh, like, when you feel yeah <laughs> Roald Dahl good old Roald Dahl yeah right? <laughs> our childhood hero um you know he, that saying that he has about like when you are beautiful it it beams out of your soul like sunbeams um no, what does it say? What is it saying, Mary? You probably remember it better than me. I actually, I literally Googled it before. Let me find it. A person who has good thoughts can never be, cannot ever be ugly. You can have a wonky nose and a crooked mouth and a double chin and stick out teeth. But if you have good thoughts, it will shine out of your face like sunbeams and you will always look lovely. Exactly. So you will always look lovely. That's what I I'm saying. Beauty true. as a constant. Yeah. You will always look lovely. It is possible to have beauty as a constant not as a fleeting feeling when you're ovulating you feel beautiful and that's it do you see what I mean or when you've been working out in the gym uh, doing press-ups or whatever people do in the gym like, <laughs> that's when you feel beautiful no it, you will always look lovely 
like an internal state that you are emitting into the physical world. And I don't know Mm. how that emission happens, but it happens and we all feel it. We feel that energy. We feel what, you know, I'm sitting across from you and I can feel what you are emitting. My auntie had this word for it called gashish. She's like, you know, when it's like this kind of ineffable, you can't explain it, but someone just 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 seems beautiful to you like you can't pinpoint like they have a perfect face or perfect hair or whatever something superficial like that but they have this thing called gashish which is they just have this kind of beauty um and i and i think when someone's aligned with their values or they have something special they've got they've got a good character or they've got a nice heart or they've got a nice mind you automatically just see that person as more beautiful like i, I remember thinking imagine angelina jolie kicking like a homeless person or kicking a dog or something it doesn't matter like you just automatically don't think that person's attractive anymore it doesn't matter who they are like, yeah you know it literally it could be Bella Hadid it could be anyone and you just imagine them like spitting on someone or like doing something really like nasty and they all automatically they just don't seem beautiful anymore doesn't matter who yeah. they are yeah exactly and it's like the beauty is in the eye of the beholder like to me my daughter and my son are just like supremely beautiful is that objective? No, it is not, right? They're kind of like regular looking kids, right? But um, beauty is Both in the eye of the beholder. I hope they're not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what, what, what makes something beautiful to you? There's like a sentimental value there as well. There's so mm. much more than the physical form, you know. In conclusion, I think we've talked a lot. So we started off, um, you know, talking about our own personal experiences with beauty. Then we talked about societal expectations you know um the eurocentric standards of beauty we didn't touch on cultural appropriation and how cultural appropriation um happens with beauty like how you know Mm -hmm. i mean you know when we talked about the kardashians um you know a lot of black women have come out and said they were you know their features their body types were culturally appropriated and then just discarded when they're not you know relevant and uh, anymore to that particular type of that's a particular group of people in the media so we talked about those those things we talked about like um beauty as privilege we talked about beauty as a feeling beauty as a belief beauty as a constant um you know beauty as service um beauty as a spiritual experience um and then we've kind of finished off now with this thing that beauty is actually transcendental and it is so much more than the physical form and it is something that you can't capture but it is something that resonates within all of us mm-hmm. um and i think that's a that's quite a quite a nice conclusion actually um after all that so the oh. next episode is going to be uh, about money which we're slightly dreading um, but it's going to be an interesting conversation i think oh our relationship with money goodness gracious oh, we'll leave that for has been so fun and I've enjoyed it literally if no one else does it doesn't matter <laughs> I'm having the best time uh this is so good um beauty god it's just uh oh, incredible I actually feel so inspired leaving this podcast so I'm feeling good <laughs>